This is the Book Marketing Action Podcast, and I'm Becky Robinson. Since 2012, my team and I have partnered with more than 100 authors to launch more than 130 business books. On this podcast, I'll share the best insights and actionable ideas from our work so that you can implement sustainable activities to reach your goals for your book. Whether you're a seasoned author looking to breathe new life into your book or someone who dreams of writing a book someday, this podcast will help you be more successful in getting results as an author. Hi, everyone. This is Becky Robinson, and I'm so excited to be with you for another episode of the Book Marketing Action Podcast. And we are mixing things up a little bit this week to help two special authors celebrate the launches of their books. So I'm thrilled today to have David Taylor Klaus, who is our client, and his lovely wife, Elaine Taylor Klaus. And they have this unique and exciting experience this week. They are both launching books, which I can't even imagine the stress <laughs> level and the craziness that the two of you must be experiencing this week as you birth these book babies into the world together simultaneously. But I thought it would be so fun to talk with you about what you've learned on your journey. But before we dive in, how about you take Take a moment to tell us about your books and about your work in the world. David, you want to go first? Actually, I was going to let Elaine go first, E. Oh, thank you. He's so yeah. sweet. So <laughs> thank you, Becky, for having us and having this conversation. It has been a wild ride, both of us launching a book at the same time. Seemed like such a good idea when like we came up idea, with the idea. Yeah. And I think it is a great idea. I think it's yeah. been amazing. So I'm Elaine Taylor-Klaus. My work is as a parent, coach, and educator. I have an online resource for parents called Impact Parents. It has been Impact ADHD for many years, and actually just as of today, it is going to be, we're expanding to include parents of all kinds of complex kids, so impactparents.com. And we do provide a coach approach to parenting complex kids, so kids who struggle with life or learning. What we found is coaching is a great way to empower parents, to empower their kids to become more independent. And we do that in lots of ways. And this book is the next way. (laughs) And tell us the title of the book. And we'll make sure that all the links to Elaine's website and David's website and their books, that will all be in the show notes for you. But tell us the title of the book. Awesome. So the book is called The Essential Guide to Raising Complex Kids with ADHD, Anxiety, and More. And it's really a compilation of all the work we've been doing for about a decade. This is our body of work, what we teach to parents. And I'm so excited to get it out into the world. Congratulations. Thank you. David, your turn. Awesome. All right. So I'm David Taylor Klaus. And for the last 12 years, I've been a coach as well. And my work, my favorite way to describe it is that I reintroduce successful entrepreneurs and senior executives to their families. I love that. Actually, so do I. My work shows up as coaching for leaders in the teams they lead. And it's interesting, I end up coaching a lot of the same folk, a lot of the same audience that Elaine works with, just coming at it from the professional side. And so my book is an extension of the work that I do with my clients around mindset. The book is called Mindset Mondays with DTK, 52 Ways to Rewire Your Thinking and Transform Your Life. And it's the outcome of what started off as a year-long series of weekly broadcasts every Monday morning that's continued now for almost two and a half years. It's been so fun to get to know you, David, and I'm excited to dive into your book as we were talking about earlier today and take those lessons one at a time to see how I can change some things in my life. So we encourage you to check out both David's book and Elaine's book. And again, those links will all be in the show notes for you. 
So on this topic of network mobilization, let's start, David and Elaine, with the question of what does network mobilization as an author mean to each of you? Oh, it means asking. <laughs> and a lot of asking. And Elaine, you shared as we were talking about this, this starts long before the book launch. How early did we start the ask process for our books? Almost a year in advance, probably about nine months. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of it, it starts with asking for endorsements from folk that add authority and exposure to your project. So reaching out to the folks whose endorsements are going to be on or in the book has to be done early. And then it comes down to mobilizing the folks that will help you promote the book during and around the launch. And what you started with, I love, because really it's about asking for and accepting help, right? None of us can do this alone. We don't write it alone. We don't publish it alone. We don't get it out to the world alone. Like all of us are in community. And this notion of network mobilization, the reason we're all out there in the world building these networks is because sometimes we need to call on them. We need to ask them for help. And we need to accept the help that they're willing to offer. That's a big tool that I think both David and I teach in our work. And we've been getting a heavy dose of our own medicine in this process. and, And that other piece is not taking it personally when people around you say no. Right. Because sometimes it's not that they don't want to, it's that they can't or they're caught up in their own lives or they have their own focus. Maybe it's because they don't and your issue isn't what jazzes them. But very often what we find is that we're all busy and everybody's in their spiral, in their world. And so part of network mobilization is sort of checking in and catching up with people at the time that the sort of synchrony happens when stars align, right? So what has worked the best for the two of you in terms of really being able to connect well with those groups of people who are around you and would want to support you? I think the people in your world, and this is true for any author, the people in your world want to help, but they have to know what help looks like and you have to get and keep their attention. So I think what's worked well has been being super specific about what support looks like, whether it's I'd love you to do to read it and put a review on Amazon. I'd love you to buy them for your clients. I'd love you to promote it on social media. Give them a specific ask so they know what to do. Yeah, absolutely. And I think what I would add to that is that there is something about connecting with people who I haven't connected with in a while, right? And so there's a, first you want to connect and re-engage so that it doesn't feel opportunistic, but then understanding what's in it for them, what the value is for them. And so that we're working on something together, not necessarily them doing me a favor. As a coach of parents, everybody knows parents who are struggling with kids, complex kids, particularly in the middle of a pandemic. So it's not a stretch for most people to make the connection and see what's relevant to them. And so I have been reaching out to former clients. I mean, I've been a coach for a dozen years. So there were a lot of people to go back and say, hey, this is what I'm doing now. And because we have that relationship, they have an interest in supporting me. Some of them, not all of them, right? But some of them are curious, like, where did she go? What happened? What path did she take? So former clients, former colleagues, people we've known over the years, it's a great opportunity to reconnect and find out what other people are doing and share with us what we're doing. And I've also found that reaching out to thought leaders in your world and Mm. to other authors that you know, anybody who's been through this process anybody I know who's written or published a book, they've been, oh my God, of course I'll help you. I wish somebody would have done that for me on my process. So that's been incredible. People are willing to lean in and give you the help they wish they had. 
That's really powerful. And I think that one of the comments that Christy and I talked about on a recent podcast was the importance also of being willing to reciprocate. So it's likely as you're going out with your network mobilization, people are saying, hey, of course, I'd like to help you. And here's a way you can help me. So have you experienced that? Oh, for sure. Lots of that, actually. And it's an interesting dance because I have to be aware and conscious of what my bandwidth is and what I really can and can't offer and when. And so sometimes it's, I yes, and in a couple of months, let's schedule it, let's plan it, but I'm focused on this right now and then. Sometimes it's about saying, you know what, that's not worth the cost to me. I can't do that right now, but thank you for the offer. We have to be able to look for the juicy yeses and the juicy noes. And I love that. saying no to someone, you can't take that personally either. It has to fit in your world. So what, if any, surprises have you encountered on this journey of mobilizing your networks as you prepare for your book launches this week? <laughs> I was very surprised by how much people needed to be reminded. Because mm-hmm. I need to be reminded on the teams where I'm helping people promote their book. But it still seemed to have been a surprise to me that we had to remind folks as much as we have. Yeah. And I have to be honest, I was surprised how many people, so my book was available on pre-sale or is available on pre-sale. And I was amazed at how many people are like, yeah, well, I will buy it when it comes out, but not now. And for me, there was a lot of value in having them get it early. But a lot of people were like, I'll get it. Like my intention is to get it, but not now. And that took a little navigating from my perspective. Interesting. So people were reluctant to pre-order the book, but they want to be reminded when it comes out so they can buy it then. Right. Yep. I mean, to me, it'd be easier to pre-order, but people are busy. One more thing off the list. Just check it's pre-ordered. I'm done. Right. Yeah. Sure. Well, there is kind of this need in our culture, I think, at times to have instantaneous satisfaction. So if you order it, you want it to be on the way. Yes. Yes. And so what we did was we arranged, like, if you pre-order, if you send us the order, then you can get bonus copy and extra goodies and gifts. And we actually created incentives for them to pre-order so that they could get something as that immediate gratification. And how did that work out, Elaine? Well, probably not as well as I might have liked. Again, kind of surprisingly, but definitely created the momentum that I needed to create to get a significant number sold before we went to publish date. So it was good. Now, granted, we're talking about all these things that may work totally differently and have different outcomes and require less effort outside of the period where we have oh, a global pandemic, a global yeah. pandemic and social upheaval. So, right. So this is may just be unique to what, when we're launching our books. I think yes and no, David, mm-hmm. like on the one hand, I do think it's unique. I think it is just as much as people have more attention or more time, they have less attention somehow. Yeah. So I think it has been really, really hard to get people's attention to what's most important because people are kind of swirling and they're not sure where to put their own attention and what's important to them. So I think it's been harder in that respect. But on the other hand, I think that a lot of what it takes to mobilize a network, it takes effort, it takes work, it Mm -hmm. takes engagement, it takes time, it takes repeat, it takes clear asks, all of those things you're pointing to and that we're talking about it is not for the faint of heart. And I don't mean to scare people because it's also fabulous and exciting and engaging. But I would say that if you're a writer, then it may be that the network mobilization may be harder. But if you're a networker, then it may be the writing is harder. It kind of sort of depends on what you're bringing to the process of writing a book and publishing a book. 
Yeah, thank you for calling out the hard work associated with this, Elaine, because I think there are people at all different ends of this spectrum in terms of, I love to write, but I don't love to market, or I love to market, but writing the book is hard. And it's helpful to really evaluate which things are easier or harder for you. Yeah, for sure. I mean, for me, I'm a writer. So the writing part was so easy. And this year has definitely been more taxing on me than last year was because last year I could just hole up and write a book. This year, it was like now I have to talk about, not have to, I get to talk about it, right? But it's definitely a whole different energy. And as an introvert, it's harder for me to do that than it was to write the book. And as the extrovert in the house, it's much easier for me to do the network mobilization piece. And it was definitely much more gut-wrenching getting the book itself produced. Yeah. So two examples on this call on each side of that. And one of the things I try to coach authors about is the importance of doing both at the same time. And I think it is difficult when you're writing a book to be thinking about, well, what can I do right now to build my network Mm -hmm. before I need it for the launch that's a year away? No question. It's hard. And in my work, I've been building that network for 10 years. So for me, it wasn't as much about building it as it was figuring out how to tap into it as efficiently as possible. There's another piece to this that you really should be building your network while you're building the book. Austin Mm Kleon wrote a great book called Show Your Work. And it's don't keep it all knotted up until the day you release it, sharing some of that intellectual capital, even if it's an intellectual property, along the way to get people engaged and enticed and build your audience now so they become part of your network when you're publishing it. That was incredibly powerful to learn from him. I think that's a great point, David, because I will say that one of the things I'm really excited about is I can't wait for people who are waiting for it to get it. Yeah. Like, And there are people who are waiting for it. And I had my first call. We do these things called sanity sessions for people. And I had my first call with a sanity session with somebody the other day who has already gotten the book because it's available on Kindle. And so she's already read the book. And that was just like, it was amazing, right? Because she was excited and jazzed and eager for support and help because she had already experienced it. So that's the part we haven't gotten to yet that I'm really excited about. Yeah, that's the juicy which part. Is, yeah, because these are our book babies. We are bringing really profound transformational work to the world. And that's pretty cool. Very yeah. powerful. So I'm wondering if there's anything else that you would like our listeners to know about this experience that you've been on, this journey that you've been on, specifically related to your networks and the contributions they're making. And it occurs to me that we should likely have a follow-up conversation in about six months so you can talk more about the joy side of seeing people experience and use the work that you're putting out into the world. Yeah. Oh, that's great. I love (laughs) that idea. Look forward to that. I guess here's what I want to add. David had talked earlier about falling in love with your book and loving what you're doing and what you're bringing, not because of the ego piece, but because of what it has to offer the world. And the other thing we talked about was people need guidance. People want to engage, but they need to know what to do. And one of the things, I think I was telling you the story earlier, Becky, I just think it was so surprising as I posted like a little video when I got the book in hand and I was so excited I had the book and I posted it and I got all these likes on it and I was so happy. And then I went in and I edited the same post and I just added a sentence that said, oh, by the way, please share or something. You know, if you like this or you're excited or you know people who would want it, please share something. And I was amazed. The same post, I didn't change anything else, got over like 27 shares or something. I think there may have been more by the time it was all done. And the only thing that was different was that I asked. 
right? You know, you I made had a specific ask. I made a specific yeah. ask. Please share. It will help me to, you know, really succinct. But otherwise, people liked it. They were happy to like it. But there's something different that happens when you share it. So <laughs> ask for what you want and be willing to accept the help. That's probably my best yeah. bottom line takeaway. Wow, this is so powerful and there's so many great ideas. So one of the things that we always do on this podcast is we make sure that we're focused on the key actions that authors can take today to be more effective in marketing their books. So we talked before we started recording about these three actions and we want to review those and crystallize them for those authors who might be listening. So what are these three actions that we've referenced during today's conversation that people can take today to be more effective? The first one is that foundational piece. You've got to fall in love with your book. I had a colleague challenge me and Elaine on calling our books book babies because he was worried that we were taking it too personally. Well, you've got to fall in love with your book so that you're willing to do the ask. You're willing to put yourself out there. You're willing to promote it. You've got to fall in love with the book. It can't be an intellectual connection to it. It's got to be hard. Yeah. And the second one, I guess, is the story I just told is be really specific about the ask, right? Ask for very specifically, I want you to endorse it. I want you to read it and post a review on Amazon. I want you to invite me to be on a podcast or do a Facebook Live. I want you to tell your friends. I want you to share it on. I've got people that I sent advanced copies and asked them to take a picture of them with the book and post it on social media. Right. Thanks so, for reminding me. Right. Whatever you're asking, be really clear and specific because the more tangible it is, the easier it is for people to help. And people do want to help. That's a great, that's a great one. Thank you. And I think a good third one to close with is that people right now, or people in general, are time poor and attention poor. So you're going to have to ask more than once. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you may have to ask many times. Busy people like to be reminded. So don't take it personally if people don't jump on it immediately. Sometimes you have to ask several times. Yeah. So thank you so much, David and Elaine, for investing this time with me on the Book Marketing Action Podcast. Thanks to those of you who are listening. We hope you'll check out the show notes and go out to check out both David and Elaine's book. They are both available this week and those links will be in the show notes. If my team or I can help you with your book marketing efforts, I would love to hear from you and you can email me, Becky at weavinginfluence.com. Thanks for listening. And I hope you'll subscribe today and tell a friend about our show. If you're looking for hands-on help to market your book or have a question you'd like to hear me answer here, please email me, Becky at weavinginfluence.com. 